Dr. Pratish Muta is a board-certified physician in internal medicine and gastroenterology with advanced training in interventional gastroenterology and endoscopy. He is an associate professor at UT Health Houston and has published several peer-reviewed publications in top medical journals. In this session, Dr. Muta will discuss the role of plants in a healthier gut microbiome and how that translates to better gut health and better overall health. Let's listen in. Thank you. Thank you for that kind introduction. And thank you, Dr. Chawla, for uh, you know, organizing this and opportunity to talk to you all about uh, Whole Foods Plan B side. It was a perfect platform for me to talk about gut. We learned about overall health. Then we talked about mindfulness, mental health. And then Dr. Arame talked about oral microbiome. So now we move on to the gut. The next step after you, the digestion begins in your mouth, we had a healthy meal, and let's see what that meal does in your gut. Or, um, and so we'll go over and talk about that now. Before we uh, start, just a quick question. Uh, I'll go over what are the points we're gonna do and then we'll go over a quick question. So we'll go over some of the cases uh, that I, I've had just for you to understand the different kinds of uh, patients that feel better after changing their gut microbiome. And then we'll understand what is gut microbiome, interaction between gut microbiome and gut wall, factors that cause unhealthy gut, and how can we improve our gut health. So we'll go in stepwise fashion and understand that. So first of all, what is the root cause of more than 80% of illness and health in your body? So who all think it's brain? Heart, anybody thinks heart is the cause? Lungs? Gut? All right, okay. <laughs> no bias whatsoever. <laughs> All right, so, so let's do some of the case studies that some of my patients who are suffering from different kinds of illnesses and how do they improve their health after they change their gut microbiome, their gut health by working on the diet and lifestyle. So. I had this patient, 39-year-old female with Crohn's disease. Crohn's disease is inflammation of your small bowel. She was suffering from it for years. They were giving her immunomodulators, suppressing her immunity. They were going to go up higher on the dose before. And right around that time, she reached out to me that I'm miserable. I'm taking these medications. What can we do? We worked with her. Three months later, she was symptoms-free and disease-free. Now they're even questioning if she ever had Crohn's. After treating her for years, doing her multiple ones, they're like, probably she didn't have it. Of course she did. 45-year-old uh, female with chronic abdominal pain. Tried every single possible treatment she can think of. Everything was done. Very expensive test. Everything was done. Eventually she reached out to me. Worked on her diet. 90% improvement. She was like, I used to be curled up in the bed all the time. Now no pain at all. 36-year-old male with chronic allergies. After <laughs> I talked about it. Allergic rhinitis, runny nose for more than 20 years. We changed the diet. 12 months later, all the medicines had expired. No symptoms, hardly ever, a couple of times a year maybe, off of all the medications. And we can talk about it, how that happens. But, um, and 39-year-old male with new onset diabetes, high cholesterol. Six weeks later, no diabetes, no high cholesterol off of medication. And that's probably the easiest thing to do. Fix your diabetes and high blood, high blood pressure cholesterol. The easiest thing to do of all the things. All right. 
So what is gut microbiome? I talked about it a couple of times. Gut microbiome. Gut means, of course, our GI tract. Microbiome, as Dr. Dami mentioned, we get a lot of press about it, and we've heard about it uh, in press. So uh, this is the gut, and your colon, large intestine, has about 100 trillion bacteria. That's, that's the gut microbiome. So microorganisms in our gut, it's called microbiota or microbiome, just for e easier understanding. There are about 100 trillion bacteria. They're not just bacteria, they're fungi, viruses, everything is sitting in our colon. As we go from mouth all the way down to your colon, the number of microorganisms keeps on rising. And by the time we reach our colon, there are 100 trillion of them. There are more than 3,000 different species, lots and lots of different species. But when you, when you boil it down, there are 30 to 40 major, and you further boil it down, and you realize there are two major categories, Prevotella species and Bacteroidetes species. And Prevotella is the good one, and the other one is bad one, of course. So we have to just figure out which one's the right one for you and how we can increase that one. The number of cells in our body are about 30, tri 30 trillion, but the bacteria are more than three times our number of cells. So many times you say, oh, it's the genetics that we have that's causing the problem. Oh, it runs in my family. My father had it, my grandfather, my grandma. Well, it's not your genes, the genes of these bacteria, because our genetic material is 1% and, or maybe 10% at most. More than 90% of genes in our body is from these bacteria. How is that important? We're going to learn about that very soon. So these bacteria are actually playing a huge role in our body. That's why whenever we think of genetic problem, it's not really, there's a very small fraction where you truly have these dominant genes coming from your parents, but more than 90% of the time, it's not just your genes. It's the genes that you have in your bacteria and what kind of bacteria you carry. So interaction between gut microbiome and gut wall. Let's try and understand what these genes and what these uh, bacteria do. So healthy gut microbiome equal to healthy gut. Every gene produces a chemical or it activates certain, de uh, certain you know, um, enzymes, processes, and or creates certain enzymes. And these enzymes work with our body to give good or bad effects. So they help in digestion. They break down complex starches, which previously we thought, oh, they were fiber is good for, you know, just roughage to help you move your bowels, but it wasn't just that. We don't digest it, but these bacteria do. These bacteria in our colon, these starches go down to your colon, large intestine, and these bacteria will digest the food that you're eating to produce something called as short-chain fatty acids. Now, short-chain fatty acids, they're the most powerful tool for your body. This is the nutrition these are the sources. Now, butyric acid, there are three types of short-chain fatty acids. Butyric acid or butyrate, that's the source of colonic cells' nutrition. So large intestine cells, the inner lining of your large intestine, thrives on this, lives on this. If you don't give it, it's going to be malnourished, you're going to get inflamed, you're going to end up with all sorts of problems, ulcerative colitis being the worst of all. Acetic acid gives you cells to your muscle. That's, and the third one is propionic acid or propionate. It gives you, it helps in production of ATP, the energy in your liver. But not just that. There is something I mentioned here, GLP-1 agonist. Have you guys heard of that? GLP-1 agonist? No. 
Let me ask you something else. Have you guys heard of Ozempic? <laughs> of course. Vigovi? Yeah, of course. People celebrate. I got approved for Vigovi. Ozempic, my insurance is going to cover it. You don't need that $1,000 medication per month, which is going to give you a ton of side effects. And then you're going to come see me because I have gastroparesis now. I need to do procedure on you. You don't need that. Just have fiber. And guess what? It's going to produce propionic acid. It's going to do exact same thing, but in a better way without giving you any side effects. So it's for cheap. It's for free. You can do it every single day. You don't need it. And it does many other things, but I'm just highlighting the major ones. Otherwise, we'll be talking about short-chain fatty acids for an hour. So chemicals, they produce, they're important in metabolism. Now, this is a little bit uh, technical. There are, we, our liver produces bile acids, and our gut breaks it down into secondary bile acids, which are very important for digestion. So that's done by these bacteria. They play an important role in your health or disease. If you have disease, then we start thinking, oh, maybe bile acids are a problem. We need to change the composition. They synthesize vitamin B, vitamin K, biotin, folate. These bacteria do. But what we do is we kill these bacteria by taking tons of antibiotics and all sorts of other stuffs. They not only, these good bacteria not only help you in all these things, but they inhibit bad bacteria, directly regulate your immune system. They protect against infection. 70% of our immune system is located in our gut. 70% of our immune system, can you imagine that? We never even think about it. We're like, oh, improve your immune system, but how? We never even thought about it. It's all located in your GI tract. I'll talk briefly about it later on. And it's regulated by the gut microbiome. So if you have autoimmune disease, where's the problem? It's the gut. It's the gut. If you have autoimmune disease of brain, it's still the gut. All right, just a little bit how brain is connected to our gut. It's a little, little scientific slide, but I'm going to still walk you through. So maybe this will be better. So you see all kinds of food that we eat. Arrow is not showing. So on the left side, there is all the foods that we eat. Then our digestive enzymes in our stomach, they will break it down and produce these natural bioactive compounds. They will interact with the bacteria that are located in your gut. Now, that intestinal epithelium, that's, that's our inner lining of our gut. And right on top, there is mucus layer. That's the protective layer. So it will interact with the mucus layer, then interact with your gut wall, get absorbed. That cell on the left side is the nerve cell that goes to and connect talks to your brain. So that is, will get recognize the pattern and send signals to your brain, cross the blood-brain barrier. So everything that you eat is either giving you pleasure or pain. It's not the movies, it's not the vacations, it's all happening here. It's all happening here. So all the happy hormone and optimistic hormone and this and that, everything is coming from here. So these are all the names and there's many more, but the whole point is it's all happening here. Second brain is your gut and it works on what you eat based on what you eat. Of course, there are other factors, but that's a very important factor. This, these are the good ones produced by good gut bacteria by breaking down healthy foods. All right. So um, I'm going a little bit slower, so I need to... <laughs> so these gut bacteria, the good chemicals will help you digest. They'll keep you lean, improve your immunity, improve your response to medicines. I don't recommend taking medicines. I generally take people off of medications, deep prescription like Dr. Uh, Clapper talked about. And they heal your entire body, but bad bacteria will give you poor digestion, obesity, impaired immunity, 
impaired response to medicines and inflammation in your entire body. So you are not just what you eat. You are, you, you are what you eat, but you are more than your bacteria. What they eat, that's what who you are. So you are what you and what they eat. We, we always think I'm what I eat, but it's not just me. It's the bacteria. What do you feed them? We say, what are the plant you want to grow? Well, feed the bacteria that you want to grow. And good bacteria will be grown by fiber. So interaction between, just quickly, interaction between gut microbiota and immune system. It's a little look, complex, intimidating, but look on the left side. Symbiosis, this is the gut wall. The, the green layer is the protective mucus. The top green rods are the bacteria. So bacteria, there is mucus, then there is intestinal epithelium, and inside. So there is protective anti-antibiotics anti produced by bacteria. There is antibodies produced by gut wall. These are in harmony, in symbiosis. But when we mess it up, then what happens? That protective layer is destroyed. Bad bacteria gets access to the gut wall. Those little black lines that you see, those are inhibit uh, tight junctions. Now they are loose. There are no tight junctions now. now. Everything has access to your gut wall. And now you have autoimmune inflammatory response and you have autoimmune diseases. So bad bacteria has access because we destroyed the gut wall by producing more and more bacteria. It's the same slide. Healthy gut villi versus damaged leaky gut based on what we eat and what we do to our gut immune system. All right, so effects, some people eat less and gain more weight and some um, eat so much and don't gain weight. Well, they realized that they took stool from obese patient, put it in germ-free mice, the mice that does not have bacteria, and the mice became obese, whereas they put stool from lean uh, person, put it in the same mice, and that stayed lean, same food. But one became obese, one stayed lean because of the food that we give them. Ulcerative colitis patients got better after stool transplant and depressed patients got better happy after they got happy patient stool. Is that the solution? Well, it doesn't stay that way, right? It's very dynamic. It will keep going back and forth. So what you eat constantly is what matters. So increased risk of irritable bowel syndrome, inflammatory bowel disease, immune disorders, cancers, reflux, constipation. So all GI diseases. But not just that, heart, diabetes, brain, liver, skin, mental illness, every single thing is affected, everything. So what causes unhealthy gut bacteria? What is the most common deficiency in Western world? Protein, anybody for protein? <laughs> Vitamin B12, fiber, fiber deficiency. Less than 5% of Americans get the recommended daily dose of fiber. And as was mentioned earlier, animal products have zero fiber, but they destroy your microbiome, they create bad bacteria. You've learned about that. Dairy products, eggs, meats, refined processed foods, chemicals, all of these are going to destroy your gut microbiome. <coughs> Antibiotics, Toxins in environment, sleep pattern when it's poor, lack of exercise, stress, method of birth, that's not under your control, but you can, these are the factors that affect breastfeed versus formula milk. So increases your inflammation, risk to catch more than 80% of all the diseases. So how can we improve the gut health? So we can improve gut health by fiber. Fiber is the key. That's the key, that's the bottom line. Current recommendation is 25 grams for females and 38 grams for males. But ideally, you should consume more than 80 to 100 grams and different variety. 
different kinds of fiber, not just one type. Must consume in whole foods, not the preservative-laden these fiber supplements, which has these potential carcinogens in them. Sometimes I have to start that on my patients to get them kick-started, but truly you don't shouldn't be consuming any supplements. Consume whole foods. Foods rich in fiber. You've learned that all day long, right? Fruits, grains, legumes, vegetables, plus nuts and seeds. That's essentially the bottom line. We have heard this over and over, over and over, and you all know this. We are preaching to the choir here. Uh, but still, these are the things you should not be consuming. Animal products, anything that has, eye, that has eyes or has a mom, you shouldn't be consuming. Simple as that, right? Or, or that came from, so dairy products, that's also something you should not consume. And then there is oil, sugar, refined processed food, flowers, all sorts of stuff. Or, so we are good on time. I thought we were okay. I ran through some of the slides. Any of the slides that you had questions about, concerns about, you want me to talk about a little more? So far? Everybody's good? Okay, okay. All right, so whole foods plant-based diet. It should be coming from farm. Well, it should not go to the factory. And if, if the food is going from farm to factory to table, you should not be consuming it. It should go from farm to table. So it should straight away come from farm to your table. If it's going to factory and then coming to your, your packaging and processing and uh, you know opening those boxes, you know there is a problem. You shouldn't be consuming that. It's as simple as it can get. So how do you improve your gut microbiome? If I <laughs> fiber, all right, thrives on fiber. Simple as that. Fiber, more than forty grams per day. The goal should be eighty to hundred grams. Some, some say, no, when I have fiber, what happens? I get bloated. Well, anytime you start any de-addiction process, you're going to have a problem. Even alcoholics, when they stop drinking alcohol, we have to hospitalize them. So our body hasn't seen fiber for so long, has seen all sorts of junk food. So bad bacteria, of course, don't like it. So you have problems. Just get through those two to three weeks, which are going to be tough, and you're going to be fine afterwards. So low-fat, whole foods, plant-based diet. Fruits, vegetables, legumes, whole grains, seeds, nuts, herbs, spices, and combination of all of these. Rainbow diet, as we talked about earlier. No processed foods. No chemicals, preservatives, emulsifiers. They directly destroy that protective layer inside your gut, the mucus, and give access, free access to the stuff that we were never going to be exposed to. And once we get exposed, like celiac disease, how did that happen? There are some studies, nobody talks about it. Now I'm a GI doctor, I'm going to talk about it. There is this microbial transglutaminase, which is you will find in all these processed foods. Celiac disease is antibodies towards this transglutaminase enzyme. But what happens is when we eat processed foods, the protective layer is gone. Now that refined food has access to the gut wall, and gut wall produces all these antibodies against whatever it sees. Now it's looking at this microbial transglutaminase. Oh, it's foreign body. Let's go and attack. But then these antibodies start circulating your body and they're like, wait, you have a similar looking protein here. That must be foreign body. And guess what? It starts attacking your own transglutaminase and you end up with celiac disease for lifetime. So these processed foods and having all the other substances along with that without any fiber, without any protective layer, now you're going to get exposed to all sorts of badness and it's going to result in all sorts of autoimmune diseases. 
So healthy gut microbiome, besides the diet, the other thing that we talked about is exercise, circadian rhythm. Like we have our own circadian rhythm, bugs have their own circadian rhythm. It's pretty much the same. So that's why never to eat after 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock. Because you eat late in the night, your bugs are active now. You're disrupting their circadian rhythm. You're disrupting your circadian rhythm. So when sun sets, you should stop eating. Now here it's a little different story. Sun may set at 8, 9 p.m. and you're like, oh, I never. So don't do that. Even if sun sets at 8 or 9 p.m., stop eating at 6 p.m., 7 p.m. Stress management, mindfulness. We, we heard great lectures about it earlier today. Healthy relationships and volunteering. Normal delivery versus if you have an option, because I see a lot of people don't want to go through that process and they voluntarily go for C-section. Don't do that. Breastfeeding whenever is possible, that's the best way. That's going to help build the microbiome for the baby. Now, one of the factors that we must not forget, we talked about being with nature, you know, that helps with stress, but it helps also helps replenish your gut microbiome. So pl playing outdoors, being in nature, being in woods, hiking, so being out and about in environment, being with nature, will help replenish your bacteria. Now, of course, the soil should be rich, not laden with all sorts of pesticides and insecticides. That's going to cause different problems. So in your yard, if you're putting tons of, you know, um, weed and feed and all kinds of um, pesticides, insecticides, then that's going to cause a problem. So don't use those things and go out in nature where this is not contaminated. It is essential in the evolution of human gut since childhood. So always have your kids play in, in you know, outdoors. It's a major inoculant and provider, provider of beneficial gut microorganisms. It helps improve our diversity of our microbiome. Now, diversity is one big thing in microbiome world. Oh, you should have diverse microbacteria. But you can have diverse and all of those could be bad. So we don't want that. We want good diversity. All right? And good diversity comes from the things that we talked about. B12 deficiency. Oh, we think that animals produce B12, right? No. Animals don't produce, it's the bacteria. But the thing is, people think, if I consume animal products, I'm going to get B12. I see so many patients all day long who are consuming all sorts of animal products and still are deficient in B12. Because now, animals are also not out in the open. So they're also not getting their bacteria, and they're also not producing B12. We need to go out, be in the environment, replenish our microbiome with the soil. It's going to produce B12. We focus so much on probiotics. We don't need probiotics. All we need is good food to let, the, let that good bacteria grow. Remember, feed the good bacteria and it will grow and you won't need to have additional probiotic and risks associated with that. Everybody has unique signature. Your microbiome is very unique to you compared to someone else, but you can improve to make it a good microbiome for you based on the diet. It improves their immune system, no doubt about that. And that's one of the factors that all these allergic reactions start going down. One of the big factors. Of course, it also uh, reduces your GERD, and then you don't have any acid reflux that's triggering your mucosa, and then you have to produce extra mucus to soothe them, that heal that area. And then you end up with acid reflux, you end up with nasal issues, shortness of breath, all of that. But when you do all of this, you don't have that problem. It decreases your risk for inflammatory bowel disease. Crohn's disease, 
ulcerative colitis, we have thousands of dollars of medication per month that we have to give them for the rest of their life. And we always think, oh, it's the autoimmune disease. It's not. You change their diet, they're going to be fine. I have so many patients. I just gave you an example of one in the beginning, but I have other patients too who are determined. They want to make the changes. They make their change and their disease disappeared. Comes under control. They're like, oh, my mom came and she was like, no, you have to eat this protein. I went on this diet. My symptoms came back, of course. And then they switched their diet back and symptoms disappeared. And initially your symptoms will go away. Mucosal healing will take some more time, but it will happen. It takes, your body will need sometimes three months, six months, 12 months to heal completely. So be patient with it. Sometimes you may feel things are getting worse and that's okay. Your body is just detoxifying. It's going to get better as the time progresses. Okay? So trust the process as long as you know the science behind it. So healthy gut microbiome, poor diet and lifestyle, unhealthy. And you change the diet and lifestyle, healthy. It's a reversible process. So it's not like we are, as I was mentioned, we are reductionist. We want to do one thing, one food. What's the best food? What's the best fruit? What's the best medicine? No, that's not how it works. It works in together. We, we are a complex creature. We need multiple different things. We need to maintain that. Okay? And just make it a lifestyle. So it's not something that you're doing. it. When you're doing a diet, when you're doing something, you have a certain goal that I'm going to stop after I get better, so I lose 20 pounds. That's a problem because you have a deadline. Then you're going to fall back to your old ways. So don't worry about outcomes. Don't worry about specific nutrients. Just do the right thing and everything else will be taken care of. Your, all your nutrients will be taken care of. All your diseases will be taken care of. You're going to have weight loss. You don't have any set deadline. Because the moment you have deadline, guess what? You're going to fall back. You're going to start cheating. And you, all your efforts are going, to go, are going to go in vain. So don't do that. Don't have these set deadlines. Just work on the right. The, but the thing is, we start making exceptions. I do everything except just this much. Doesn't work. You have to be all or none here. You do these little exceptions, it's a slippery slope. Before you know it, 50% of your stuff is happening. And you're like, no, I'm very careful. Well, you, you count the calories and you realize, I mean, you know, all the Indians, we eat rice and we put ghee on that. Everybody loves ghee. One bowl of rice is 125 calories and you put one spoon of ghee and that's 125 calories. All of a sudden, 50% of your calories came from? It was just, and somebody, you're a guest, you're going somewhere and we like to give more, right? We put two spoons. <laughs> now, two-thirds of your calories are from that. So... Don't make exceptions. You make exceptions and you have no idea where you went or where you reached and all of your uh, efforts have totally gone in vain. So don't do that. So in summary, human gut microbiome plays a crucial role in more than 80%, I dare say 95% or even more diseases. Human gut is the main seat of your immune system. It's the main thing. Even in Ayurveda, if some of you know Ayurveda, they have this shloka, they talk about your immune system is located in your gut. And I was impressed. I was amazed when I heard that for the first time years ago. Most common nutrient deficiency is fiber, not protein. You don't need that protein supplement. You don't need... I've seen so many people, oh, I am taking... You know what happens to that excess protein? Turns into fat. And then you're like, I wonder, I'm taking protein, but I'm still gaining weight. I'm not losing weight. Well, you don't need that protein. Most consume fiber more than 40 grams. We should consume, must consume, avoid all animal products and processed food, exercise, sleep, stress management, avoid toxins, play outdoors, 
exposure to soil to replenish your microbiome. Thank you all. I'll, I'll go back to um, the slide. Thank you. Yes, we have time. We can, turn, oh, we can take some questions. Yes. How do you? Okay. Just being out in the nature, uh, that's one of the ways. Going out, hiking, you know, you're going to do lots of things. And before you know it, you're going to replenish your sources. If you're out there, you're going in the farm, you, you can go in organic farms, you can eat raw fruits and vegetables. They have some soil on it. And if you're kids, you can be barefoot and be playing in soil. Literally, you can play any sport and that should be fine. What happens is we are so conscious, we are washing our hands 15 times. Not just washing. Washing is still okay. What we're going to do? We're going to put all that hand sanitizer, which itself is a carcinogen in there. Many times it has carcinogens in there. We use that and we quote that. So how are we going to get good bacteria on our, on our body, on our, you know, replenish our stores? Plus, we get all these raw fruits and vegetables, then we wash them like a million times. So we really don't, we try excessively hard because we're all germophobes. We think all germs are bad. The goal was for you to understand and for me to convey that not all germs are bad. We are surrounded by bacteria. In our mouth, we were told 100 billion bacteria. In our gut, 100 trillion. Our skin, trillions and trillions of bacteria around us, on us, inside us, not just bacteria, viruses as well. And all these infections we think of, these are on us, inside us all the time. It's when our immunity goes down, that's when we have infection. It's not because of the bacteria or the virus. We always claim, oh, because they had this viral infection, I had the problem. That's not the case. That guy didn't do anything. It was your immunity. It was your immunity that wasn't ready to handle anything. So we need to boost our immune system by making sure we are strong enough so nothing bothers. Me, my wife, and my husband, we were living with a family. They all had COVID. Everybody. All three of us didn't have any, any symptom. Nothing. Just living under the same roof. And there are kids. The kids don't listen. They don't care. They don't cover up. We didn't have infection. The point is, your immune system is the key. What do you, why do you take vaccines? The thought process behind is we boost our immune system so that even if we get exposed, we don't get infected, right? You don't need vaccines. You just need healthy gut. That's all. After taking an uh, antibiotic for infection, is it a good idea to take a probiotic after that? So that's a debatable thing. What I do tell my patients is, so question, everybody understood the question? After you take antibiotics, is it a good idea to take a probiotic? Now with probiotic, which one should you take? Is kefir good? Is lactobacilli good? Is, it's always a question. What I generally tell my patients is, generally by the time they come to me, they've already taken it. I'm gonna take it for six weeks. If it's not doing anything for you, you can stop. When you are taking antibiotics, absolutely are completely wiping off bad and good bacteria, so everything. So sometimes it might be a good, a, a good idea to take it, especially those who have really bad diarrhea because of the antibiotics. So they take VSL number three or any lactobacillus and they may start feeling good. It's okay, you can take for a few days. But don't keep on taking it for months and months and months. You don't need it. Don't focus on probiotics. Focus on prebiotics. And what is a prebiotic? Fiber. It's this different word for fiber. It's all about fiber, different kinds of fiber, not just one, though. You may have a better answer than that. <laughs> I think there was a question back there. Absolutely. So I have a question. Did you say 
You don't have to count. Just change the diet and you'll get all of it. That's the whole point is you just change the diet and you're going to get more than plenty. And your body is very smart. It will tell you when it's hungry. It will tell you how much it needs. And just make sure everything, fruits, veggies, nuts, beans, seeds, whole grains, herbs, spices, everything has fiber. So when you consume that, you're going to get your, yeah. The moment you start going to processed foods or animal products, then you have zero fiber. Then you're in trouble. So when you have, now everybody is going to, I mean, we are, we are humans. We are in society. We're going to have days when we have to work extra hard. We're going to be have long, we're going to have longer days. Just give yourself time to recuperate. And you know what decreases your sleep requirement? Whole foods plant-based diet. Dairy will add one to two hours to your, to your sleep time. Meats will add more time because our body needs to process and heal for a much longer period of time. So you go on this diet, your sleep requirement goes down. Further, if you meditate, we heard about meditation. More you meditate, if you start meditating 30 minutes, your sleep is going to go down by one hour, two hours. So more you meditate, less sleep you need. More whole foods, plant-based diet, less sleep you need. You know, I've had professors who used to teach for eight, they, he used to teach for 18 hours, he used to sleep only for three hours, but he would meditate for two hours. So one to two hours meditation a day, and he would only need three hours, and he was always energetic. So sleep is so powerful. Absolutely. These are all autoimmune diseases. We just learned the mechanism, how it happens. So um, just going on whole foods, plant-based diet, decreasing your exposure. And there are more, I mean, of course, with the talk, only focus on the, the focus was only on one thing. There are many more things that you need to do after. But this is the, this is the starter pack. You've got to start from here, and there's more things you need to add on to it. Don't substitute, add on to it. And that's a whole different talk. We can do a whole day course on just on the steps of it. Uh, but yes, that's the beginning. You must do this. Friends, I hope you enjoyed this lecture. Please share it with a loved one who can also benefit. Thanks again for listening. You've been listening to the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions podcast with your host, Maya Acosta. If you've enjoyed this content, please share with one friend who can benefit. You can also leave us a five-star review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash HLS. This helps us to spread our message. As always, thank you for being a listener.